I'm like, dude, let me give you a massage. She's like, um, no. I'm like, why? She's like, I don't want to owe you one. I'm like, <laughs> she don't want to take any debt. No, literally nothing. You don't have to pay me back, but it'll be there and I'll owe you one. I'm like, you are so sick. She's like, don't fucking touch me, Shylock. I know how yeah. this ends. Okay, so okay. let's so, yeah. record the intro now. Just so what is, Milkless, because we, I think we start with the name. Two dads, we love our kids. But then we also need them to know that we're like pretty cool and it's not like a wimpy podcast. So, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Milkless. Hey, welcome. Hey, 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 Milkless. Call the audience, Milkless. What's up, Milkless? <laughs> Matt and Max coming at you. What if that's it? <laughs> that's our first take. All right, Matt, today we're talking about spousal scorekeeping, bartering. Wait, what are we really talking about here? You know, keeping a scorecard with your wife or your, your partner? That's kind of weird. How, how, do you want to, how do you want to dive into this? What do you want to start with? Actually, I have three questions for you, which I have not prepped you with. Okay. But I think they'll be a good place to start. All right. Question one, will you encourage your wife to listen to this episode? Yes. Is there any danger that if you do not encourage your spouse to listen to this, she will listen to it anyways? Uh, well, once she starts listening, <laughs> I've encouraged her to listen to all of them. She has not begun <laughs> yet. Oh, she's, she's, it's on her list. It's on her list. My wife will never listen to an episode of this, but I don't expect her to. I, like, how's she going to fucking listen to me? Like, she listens to me probably more than she'd like. And most of the shit I say is stuff that I learned from her, and I don't always give her credit for it. So, yeah. all right. Question three. This is the most serious question of the three. Do you feel like you carry an equal load in your family? Ooh, um, no. Okay. I asked her last night. I actually recorded it <laughs> with her permission. And she was asleep with an eye mask on. And all I hear was, <laughs> I'm not going to use this. Or I may use this only with your permission. Well, okay. how, how would you say the division of labor is in our home? Poor. <laughs> okay. Poor. Like, shit. The one word answer is good. I knew that was the answer. I knew that was the answer. <laughs> but how about you? Do you carry an equal load? Not right now. I think for most of our marriage, I have felt as though I do. But when there's a, a baby I, and, and breastfeeding is happening and co-sleeping is happening, I find it hard to make up all that ground <laughs> doing anything else. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot to talk on this topic because I, I, I really want it to be. Equal, I got some reasons and uh, more like excuses <laughs> as to why we are how we are. Let's get into it. So, I, I mean, I think that one of the places to start is is why is this important? Let's dovetail into a study before we get into the meat. In a 1994 study, and then this has been replicated multiple, multiple times. This blows my mind. Little evidence supports that equity in the division of labor inhibits depression. So actually, like who is working equal in parenting, you know, household, bringing money into the family, it doesn't matter. But perceptions of equity are significantly associated with lower levels of depression. So if you think you're, it's equal between you and your partner, you're a happy camper. Even if it's not. Right. Even if it's not. Huh. It's all about your perception. If someone works harder than the other or is doing more work, but you are both cool with it, you're both like, yeah, that's because so-and-so does this or because I don't know how to do that one. And so that's why that person can do less or whatever. It's all about perception and it's not actually about equity. That's super interesting to me. That's fascinating because I think an actual 
equity is impossible to achieve and equally impossible to quantify. Right. You might have different definitions. You might have different definitions. You have different skill sets. You have different things that you like doing. Right. There may be something that's not a huge burden to you that would be a massive burden to your partner. Yeah. So you do it because it is helpful to the family, but also because you don't mind. Someone always has a higher threshold for certain things. So here's an example is we used to fight about the trash. Um, I always think the trash can fit a couple more things. She's like, it's, it's literally like a parabola above the trash. Why would you keep stuffing things in there? And we just had different thresholds for the trash. But then there's other times where I've been like, oh, I know that this should probably go out, but I know that she'll take it. Mm, That's mm -hmm. just like shitty. Mm -hmm. But we've all kind of been there. The problem with that system is that nobody owned the trash. Right. If you took out the trash every time, then you could fucking stack it to the ceiling. If if you own it, the other person doesn't get to say shit. <laughs> so division of labor is, I think, key in not creating those conflict points about how you do it and you know how the load gets shared. Yeah. And apparently there there are like checklists that you can find online of the just the typical kind of work that is that is in a household, and it includes like brain space type stuff. So my wife actually, this was before our second child was born. So I, I, this was at a time when I felt like we had pretty good parity of work mm-hmm. and she went and filled it out for both of us. She didn't tell me about this. Mm. To me, this seemed like a horrible idea after she told me about it. Cause it's like, yeah, what is this site called? Like start a fight dot biz. Like what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Can you not send me that link? I'll just send it <laughs> straight to your wife. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But she said, I filled it out and I was actually, she said, I was really pleased it, it feels like we are carrying an equal amount of the world, uh, of the load. I don't think that's held since we've had our second kid. I got to get back to that. But um, anyways, I, it was a proud, I, that was a proud moment for me. hundred percent. And I think we used to nail this and I'll, I'll explain how we used to nail it and how we've fallen off and why I'm kind of slacking a little bit. So before we had kids, I was very good about communication about this sort of thing. I was very into it. Um, and I really did not like doing laundry. Like it was one of the things I hated, but I didn't want to have like a 1950s household where my wife did all of my laundry, you know, but I just was like, yo, is there any way you could do all the laundry? Like, what can I do that you don't like? Uh-huh. And so I was mowing the lawn. I would shovel the driveway. I would fix all the, the stuff in our 1926 house. I would take the trash out and it was pretty even cause we were on top of it. What ended up happening is we had kids, we moved to a new house, there's no lawn mowing needed needed anymore, there's no shoveling anymore, and so my stuff kind of went by the wayside, but my wife still does the laundry. There's always and, laundry. And then now there's kids, and she also does all the grocery shopping, and you know, for a while after we sold the software company, she wasn't working and I was, and it was still kind of working. Um, since then, now we're both kind of working again. Uh, so it's out of whack. Yeah. And we haven't had a recheck in to reallocate this labor. I do think that gets it at, at, at a good point. I mean, there, there were times in my wife and my marriage before we had kids, I worked more and I, I, you know, paid for more of our life. Yeah. We had the first baby it shifted. Yeah. And when the baby was very young, she was doing more. And then as the baby got older, it felt very equal. Cause I, you know, and so I, I do think equality does not mean equality every day of your life or every week or every month, or even every year, you will go through phases where the burden falls more heavily on one parent or the other. Yeah. But then you, you do create a bit of a deficit 
And it's good to be honest about it. So what I need to do a better job of is I can feel the that we're getting out of whack where she's doing more. A couple of times I've like noticed that she's slightly overwhelmed with stuff and she's and I'm just like, yo, you want me to just cook the dinner? But we're still pretty haphazard about it. Um, and it's very read and react as opposed to putting some structure, which maybe checking in on roles and responsibilities. How's everybody feeling? Hey, uh, let's change up the game plan again. What do you want me to take? One of the ways that I think about it that has helped me is like just time spent doing something that is for the family. When I go to work, that is for the family. When I take my daughter to school every morning, that is for the family. Because I think one of the ways a lot of dads fuck up, particularly in families that are set up in a more traditional way where they're the primary, you know, earner and the the mother is the primary parent that the husband or the dad will think like, well, my job is making sure that we're get the mortgage paid and your job is the kids. My job is nine to five. Your job is 6am until closing. Yeah. Just cause you've worked all day. doesn't mean you're fucking done, man, that you've come home and there is still work to be done for the family. Well, I used to probably think that way. Um, that's like a vacation all day, staying home with kids. Mm-hmm. Until you stay home with a kid by yourself all day with no support. The first time I did it was we had a snow day and my wife was a, a, a nurse in, in Boston and I was working at a startup. So I was able to stay home and work from home. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just like, you know, do a couple calls and watch this kid. <laughs> she comes home and I literally throw the baby at her like... I'm done. I'm exhausted. Like, save me. And from that day forward, I realized like, okay, going to work is so much easier than like watching a kid in a good way. Like yeah. throwing me in front of yeah. TV for eight hours straight, pretty easy. Yeah. But like- Good parenting. Actually yeah. like good parenting is so exhausting. So then I started realizing, yeah, when you get home from work, then you got to share it again. It's Until everybody's asleep. Like you're yeah. both on the clock is, is yeah. But then even then it's like your thing of cleaning the kitchen. Yeah. Like you still are kind of like 50, 50 and viewing staying at home with the kid as a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. My wife asked once, and I thought it was a good illustration of this. I must've been talking about how hard my day was or something. She just goes, did you get to go to the bathroom all by yourself? And I was like, yes, I did. And she's like, well, there you go. That reminds me of the feeling, you know, it's like Friday. And then you're like, and next week's a vacation week, spring break. And you're like, oh shit. There's no childcare for yeah. nine days. Yeah. Let's dig in. Here it comes. Yeah, let's fucking do this. Yeah. God, there was a lot of that during COVID because it would just oh. be like, school's closed tomorrow, surprise. And you're like, oh my God, like, oh, here we go. Let's on yeah. a dime figure out tomorrow. Hopefully one of, you know, people talk about the, the silver linings of COVID and hopefully one of them is that more dads really got to recognize what it's like to be at home yeah. all day with kids. Because um, it's a lot of on time. A lot of on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look. I do, because one of the studies you sent talked about how how for men, particularly men that have to work a lot of hours, it is incredibly valuable to them that they feel as though their financial contribution is perceived. Mm -hmm. You give up a lot by working, you know? Like early in my kid's life, sometimes I would have to leave for so long that when I came back, I had to work to get back to the level of intimacy that we'd had before Yeah, I left. Uh, My 
wife gets to hold the baby for more naps than I do. And holding the baby for a nap is fucking awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's you nice. kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but you can't really do anything. So it's just like, yeah, just Netflix and hold a baby. So there are – I don't want to make it like – Oh, you with the jobs, that's bullshit. Because it's not like that. No. It's all just time spent working for the family for the things that the family needs. Yeah. And so t- to be honest, like at the beginning, we said, we don't want to keep a scorecard, but you kind of do. And yeah, you do I keep know. a scorecard. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, here's what's weird is sometimes when I do something out of, out of, ordin- out of the ordinary where I clean the whole house or the whole kitchen, my wife will come home and I'll be like grinning like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she's like, what? You want me to fucking pat you on the back for cleaning the fucking house? I clean it every fucking day. I'm like, oh shit. She doesn't say it that aggressive. It's a nicer version of that. Yeah. Where I'm doing something I want her to know. It's like, there's a bit of a scorecard. I'll come home from a work trip and I got to make sure that I say like, yeah, man, we're like 14 hour days and like, you know, 13 person crew and and like, I'm really just being like, this was hard. Too, and then she's like, "Yeah," and then like, you know, this kid was crying. I didn't and it's like we're both angling a little bit for like, mine's worth ten points, right? Like, it's not like, oh man, I've met this awesome crew and we partied all night. It's like you kind of can't say that, you know. Like, part of my job is sometimes going to a conference or a film festival where they're you like, nothing starts before noon and there's a party every night. But that is work. It is, it is work. And I do, and I'd rather be home with the kids, but also yeah. it's not as hard as what my wife's doing. Cause like, Ugh, I had to drink till like midnight with these I idiots. I was talking to those I'm, people that weren't even that interesting. Yeah. And I was so and, hungover. And my wife's like, you had an adult conversation. <laughs> Holy shit. This episode is brought to you by Violet Archer in the case of the Purple Martin. It's a chapter book with illustrations on every page. You can read it to them if they're five, six-year-olds, but then as soon as they can read up till 12, 13, it's an insanely good book with plot twists like worthy of an adult's attention. I love this thing. I'm so proud of Matt and Milkless of putting this thing out. So if you want to support Milkless and get an awesome book for your kids, it'd mean a whole lot to us if you bought it. Check the podcast description for the link to Amazon and buy it today. And if you already have it, you can pop back into Amazon and give us an honest review. Thanks. Scorecards are so built into us that this is something like sick that my wife does is I love a back scratch and a back massage. The first six months of our courtship, she was scratching my back, giving me a you know back massage every night. Okay. We've been together for almost 20 years now. Literally, I cannot get one. Um, it just doesn't happen. Uh, she, I, t- to be fair, no, she will give me one. That's not the story. The story is if she just did something super aggressive, like just started boxing again, she's a, kind of a big boxer and she took some time off and started boxing. Her shoulders were wrecked. I'm like, dude, let me give you a massage. She's like, um, no. I'm like, why? She's like, I don't want to owe you one. I'm like, what? no, <laughs> literally nothing. You don't have to pay me back. She's like, but it'll be there. <laughs> And I'll owe you one. I'm like, you are so sick. But that. <laughs> she don't want to be in debt. She don't want to take any debt. Or she'll even say like, oh, my shoulders. I need a massage. I'm like, oh, yo, right here. I got one. She's like, I got like, one. Don't fucking you. touch me, Shylock. I know how <laughs> this ends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, man. Yeah, it is funny. I, I do think there's two ways a thing that the same activity can feel. So I clean the kitchen every night. 
And I kind of get zen about it. I'll put music on the headphones. Sometimes I'll eat a gummy. I'll really like, but you know, pay attention to like oh, yeah. the strokes on the plate, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Uh, and when my wife and I are in a good place, I can think of that as the gift that I give every night to her, that she will always wake up to a very clean kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we're in a less good place, it is the fucking burden that I am frustrated by. Yeah. Um, when we have been at our best, it is that we are both always feel like we're trying to play catch up with the amount that the other person is doing and make sure that we keep up our end and when possible, give our spouse gifts mm-hmm. with no expectation of return because the same thing that you do that is a burden can feel good if you have given it as a gift or it can feel shitty if it is, if you feel that it's just assumed of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Cause I, I know the exact feeling when you do one thing and it feels great and then you do it a, a different way and it's like, Oh man, I just like work for you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the most valuable things about checking in, I think is it's easy for you to miss the things that the, that your spouse is doing. I, I remember there was a, there was a time when I, I just finally got so fed up. I was like, can you just pick up, just help me pick up the house a little bit? My wife was like, I was going to ask you the same thing. You've been picking up. Yeah. I was like every night for like an hour. She's like, I spend the whole fucking day picking up. We just can't keep up with these kids who are just a wreck. Yeah. And it was, we had both missed the work that the other one was doing. Um, and, and that can breed yeah. resentment. 100%. Cause you're very aware of the work you're doing. <laughs> like everybody is really aware of the contributions they're making. That's usually how those arguments start. Yeah. Well, yeah. because it's the motivating, it's the motivating yeah. feeling that the, you know, to that point of like, what is the use of anger? Like you feel that frustration. It's like, all right, I'm going to talk about this, even though it probably won't be a fun conversation. Yeah. But I think if you can enter that conversation is like, I feel like I'm cleaning up all the time. I know that's probably not the truth of it, but I'm having this feeling because a lot of times all you need to hear is that they are also cleaning up all the time. And then suddenly cleaning up all the time was not the burden that it once was. This is the wrong saying, but like misery loves company. It's that thing that we talked about at the beginning. It's not actually about equity or it's about just perception. Like, Oh, they're struggling too. Yeah. Cool. Like we're (laughs) awesome. Yes. I where I thought my wife was happy. Thank God. Yeah. (laughs) There's gotta be a study out there. That's like, if you're super overwhelmed, the minute you find out your partner's more overwhelmed, you become less. So sometimes the function of that conversation will just be a, a moment to see the work that the other person is doing that you're not seeing. Yeah. And then sometimes it may be like, okay, well, this about our life has shifted. So now we're out of balance. So let's figure out what that looks like. Yeah. There's certain things that take an ongoing knowledge, like keeping the schedule going. Um, I think that's what's, there was a study um, that came out that, that women typically still, even though men have really stepped up in, in recent years, uh, taking more of a role in the household, women still by a large margin manage the schedule for the kids and the adults and like date nights and stuff like that. Um, like we went to this night's dinner a couple weeks ago and we saw some friends out and like, Oh, Max taking your wife out for a fancy dinner. And I was like, yeah, no, she took, took me. I don't even, I didn't even know we were doing this until about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so it's <laughs> she like, she told me what to wear. Which, <laughs> uh, yeah. Could do better at that. Well, I mean, I I think it gets at an interesting point, which 
is maybe the most impossible thing to quantify about how how you share the load, which is this thing of just brain space and and the burden of brain space. And I know there are things that my wife has in her head, like when was the last time the pediatrician saw our daughter? That I do not, I don't have that in my head. Yeah. And there's things that I have in my head that she doesn't. My wife is the only one who knows when the kids have showered last. Like they haven't showered for two days. They need to shower today. I am constantly thinking about like how how good they are developmentally at counting, math, Mm -hmm. reading. You know, those range from the kind of mundane, like what's in the pantry, to the very emotional like my wife doesn't and this is you know where i guess we're somewhat traditional in this way Mm -hmm. i just carry money stress my wife doesn't yeah so there's the there's the hours that i work doing that but then there's this other thing which is just the worry just the burden of having that be your responsibility and my wife has her versions of those too that are you know equally weighty yeah but it's impossible to put like a number of hours on that. It's just like, it's a worry. And, and also there's a capacity. Some people can hold more than others. Mm-hmm. Some people can do more than others. Mm-hmm. So it really, it's weird. Like every episode just seems to come down to, yep, I guess the answer is just talking to your partner. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's just the answer of, it's not actually about the amount of burden. It's about the, how everyone's doing. Yeah. And you basically just need to have a really good litmus for how much each person is freaking the fuck out. And on the things that your spouse owns and really carries, I do think you have to take, you have to be willing to give up some of your authority on that. Like, how do you mean? Like when I yeah. go into our pantry, I feel oh. a little bit like I'm eating her food. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But that's why I'm not 700 pounds. But. Yeah. But I'll do things where it's like, if I eat like three chips from this bag and four pretzels, she'll never notice. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> You're basically pouring water out of your parents' whiskey Yeah, bottles. exactly. Yeah. Or pu- pouring whiskey out, yeah, replacing totally. with water. Totally. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> any, no matter how much you, I mean, we have one, we only, we have a shared bank account. We do not have individual bank accounts. Yeah. But I know that my wife feels a little bit more like it's my money than hers. It's yeah. not. My wife will say that. And I'm like, no, same money, bro. Right. But it doesn't. And she'll say the same thing about the pantry. She's like, no, I buy the food for the family. I'm like, but what if I eat something that you had plans for? Well, like I don't eat the, this is like, I don't eat the kids stuff. Like I'll be like, well, I shouldn't eat those apples. She's like, you need to eat fucking fruit, dude. You're going to get scurvy. I'm like, but don't the kids like the apples? <laughs> Who is the voice? I don't know. It's like a, it's like a really breathy, like I don't know, but I can't eat an apple. It's like a little, <laughs> it's Benjamin Button when he got to three years old. Do you ever find yourself doing overt bartering? Yeah, we do little ones all the time, pretty much every day, where whoever cooks is not going to be the one who cleans up uh, the dinner table in the kitchen. So we rotate that. Um, sometimes if you're really smoked and you're you know you're going into a deficit we'll both say something like yo i'm I'm not gonna be any good to you i need to tap out tonight i'm not doing bedtime brushing teeth i'm not doing anything can you take it i'll take the kids to school and pick up tomorrow and i'll do dinner tomorrow just please like Uh it's like yeah yeah 100 and so we'll do those sorts of butters we also even do ones just between the two of us where 
it's a running joke. My wife likes a white noise machine and so she'll ask Alexa every night. And you know, if you whisper to Alexa, it'll, it'll whisper back. She's like, Alexa, play ocean. And then Alexa will say, okay, playing ocean. That's so creepy. And first of all, I can't, I just can't stand that. And I can't stand the ocean. I joke every night. I'm like, please shut off the fucking ocean. Like I can't take ocean one more time. And she also likes sleeping with the room super cold. And she asked to open the window in a 20 degree night. I'm like, yeah, just didn't kill the fucking ocean. Alexa, kill the fucking ocean. She's like, all right, we'll turn off ocean. So, you know, there's a lot of bartering in there. Yeah. You know, there's no like putting your foot down. It's just, yeah, it's like life. It's a lot of trading. You guys do any trading? The trading is often like, I'm out of gas. Can you like, this kid's driving me crazy. Can I have the other kid for a little while? Yeah. Whichever one it is, you know, it's like, um, with the baby, a lot of times it's hold this, you hold this and I'm going to, it's also reallocating assets. It's like basically like running a company. You look at this team, you look at that team. Yeah. This team is overworked. Oh, let's switch them. Oh, more efficient for everybody. Yeah. Is it possible that that the answer is that all of this, all of this scorekeeping bargaining, favor banking, then all of that is okay and natural and could also be viewed as asset reallocation and like building a team that wherever you place it at strengths. Mm-hmm. And that the key is not counting what you're owed and always trying to make sure that you're giving as many gifts as you can in the relationship and not tracking how many gifts you're owed. Yeah. Only works if both people are doing it that way. <laughs> Um, I, I completely agree. I think this also reminds me of why I think my wife and I were so attracted to each other. Is- I've always wondered, because she's amazing. I'm like, <laughs> I just, I've never really gotten it. No, so that's why I like, I, <laughs> thank you. Um, is that, you know, I always thought that she was more attractive than me. And she claims that she thought that I was more attractive than her. So I think that it, it's the same thing with with favor banking or whatever. If I, I honestly feel like she's that I need to do more for her. So if she's like, I'm going out tonight, I'm so sorry. Like it's girls night. And it, sometimes it'll happen like two or three nights in a row because the stars will align. So three nights in a row, I get all three kids, dinner, bedtime, everything clean up all by myself. I'm always like, go, go. Uh-huh. But the weird thing is, is she also does that for me, even though she does probably more uh-huh. and she feels a deficit, but she's always like, go, go out with your friends, do this, do that. So I think that as long as both are doing that, and are feeling good, it's it's a it's a really good situation. If yeah. you're feeling that you are being overworked, and there's a lot of times a lot of dads are doing the 80, 90% of the work. Yeah, I've I, seen that th- dynamic in a marriage before, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it can be either side, the, the man or the or the woman or whoever is working too much, feels slighted, feels Probably like not they're doing 50, too much. 50, but it does happen. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. I think that it's, yeah, you just got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And try to get the other person to to understand where you're feeling because there's there's no point in grinning and bearing it. You just the resentment just slowly, slowly, you know, builds over time. It's insidious, yeah. I do, you know, I, I, one thing you said gave me an idea for a future episode, which is like when your wife tells you that she thinks you're more attractive than she is, like, like how do you deal with lying in a relationship? Like, how do you, <laughs> like? <laughs> My wife has never told me that because she tells me the truth. Yeah. Like she's honest with me and I appreciate that. You have a nice personality and I'm attracted to that. You are so funny and you try really, really hard. Have you heard about this new thing that couples are doing? They use a a paper bag (laughs) over the head. No, still lights off, still lights off. But like... uh... (laughs) 
good. That's good. Hey, you know what? I've always felt like if if you marry somebody more attractive than you, everybody's like, what's his? What does he? What does he know? How do you pull that off? I take it as a point of pride. This episode of Milkless is brought to you by Phyla Archer in the case of the Purple Martin. Thank you. Bye.